Welcome to the Courtside Consult Podcast. I'm your host, Chiggy. I'm a medical student and I watch a lot of basketball, follow a lot of the news and stuff like that. And I've always got a lot of opinions surrounding the topics I hear. So that's why I'm doing this because I want to present a lot of those ideas to you. Find out what you guys think. Get your takes on my takes. And I really just want to start off by saying it was only recently that I noticed how a lot of my friends had started doing amazing things with podcasts and YouTube channels. And it just got me incredibly inspired to do what I'd been saying I was going to do for the longest time. So what I want to do is that as a medical student, we learn a lot of different techniques to diagnosing and finding out what's wrong with certain patients. So I'm going to try and use those ideas but tailor them to issues with basketball teams. So I'm going to be using those concepts to try and figure out what's wrong with your favorite basketball team. And hopefully the two different worlds kind of mesh together pretty well and we get a good product. So what we're going to do for the first couple of episodes is that we're going to be going through a few different teams and we're going to be talking about what exactly is holding these teams back from being the best versions of themselves so whenever medics or doctors speak to patients and we're trying to figure out what exactly the patient is presenting with, there are essentially three things that we're always going to want to find out. We want to find out if the patient has an idea of what's going on with them, what their main concern is, which means what really has brought them to you, and then their expectations, which is what do they hope to get out of speaking to you? Like, what's their main goal? So we're going to be applying those three things to a bunch of different basketball teams. We're going to be focusing on the bad teams to start because it just it's going to be a lot more fun. Like, we're not going to be asking, like, oh, so what's wrong with the Warriors? It's just going to be like, oh, yeah, we win too many games. We're just so much better than everybody else. And that's just not going to be so interesting to talk about. It's kind of like, you know, when you go for an interview and the interviewer asks you like, oh, so what are your weaknesses? And you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I just care too much. I just work too hard. That's my problem. So we're not really going to go down that route for not at, at this moment. We're going to focus on the bad teams because it's going to be a lot more interesting. So we can really try and like figure out what's going on with them. And I've actually got like a lot of friends who support these really bad teams. So like Miami and the Cleveland Cavaliers. So it's going to be a lot more fun and like those guys know who they are. All right. So like I said, we're going to be applying those three concepts. ICE, the ideas, concerns and expectations that we're going to be using it to try and get to the bottom of what's going on with these teams. So the first team we're going to be starting with, they're not really a bad team, but they're a team that's definitely playing trash at the moment. And we're going to be starting with the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, so... That's literally the only place we could start. Like I'm making this video fresh off of them losing to the Phoenix Suns. And once you start losing to the Phoenix Suns, you know you've kind of hit rock bottom. Like this team has been tanking for God knows how long. They don't want to win games. And somehow the Lakers managed to find a way to lose. So we're going to be talking about what's holding the Lakers back. And as you probably guessed it, there is only one place to start. And that is with the Kang. Actually, he's not really the Kang right now. I'd say he's more of the King. Because like when LeBron James plays really well, that's when he becomes the Kang. But right now, he's just the King. So at this moment, it's like, we're never going to see in his final form. But yeah, I'm giving the lion's share of the blame to LeBron James. For a number of different reasons I've been thinking about. 
don't know if you guys remember when KD came out with a quote a few weeks ago and he was saying how he wouldn't want to play with LeBron because it's a toxic environment around LeBron. And of course, LeBron came out and refuted it saying, oh, no, nah, that's not true. But we are kind of seeing what KD was talking about. Like the environment around LeBron, it's been a detriment to the team. Like this guy, he's always feeding stuff to the media. He's always undermining his head coach. He's always just sucking the life out of his teams. And sometimes that's the price you pay for a great player. And of course, LeBron is amazing. But at the same time, he is kind of like a cancer to every locker room he plays in. Same thing happened in Miami. Same thing happened in Cleveland. And now the same thing is happening in Los Angeles. So like now, just like how he's handled everything from like the Anthony Davis trade talks to like trying to trade the whole team, like it's done nothing but be a distraction. And that's what LeBron is. He's always a distraction. Of course, he still amazing and he's still like he's worth all the stress he gives you but at the end of the day it's stress and we're really not trying to live like that like we're not trying to like live our lives with stress every day so that's the main thing and it's just the way lebron handles certain situations like we know you wanted ad we know you're unhappy with the team but there's a way you go about that when when you're not happy with the situation you're in and it's just part of being a leader like look at Kawhi. Kawhi when he wanted to leave San Antonio, like he wasn't happy with the team, but he wasn't constantly talking to the media. It was his camp and Popovich that were kind of going back and forth, but he was silent. And now that he's in Toronto, he didn't want to be there. It wasn't one of the teams that were on his list, but now that he's there, he's just playing basketball. He's not letting sort of like his unhappiness of being in that situation affect his gameplay. And that's what LeBron should be doing. LeBron should have from the jump just been like, all right, this isn't the best team. I'm just going to play like out of my mind, play at an MVP level and get us into the playoffs. But rather than that, he's sulking, throwing his hands up in the air, throwing his teammates under the bus, talking about how like if you're being distracted, then this isn't the right franchise for you. I mean, come on, man. You're like, he really hasn't handled this well at all. And it's just not sort of like the way we would expect a leader of LeBron's caliber to be behaving. So yeah, he just hasn't handled the media well and he's been a constant distraction. But like I said, LeBron has always been toxic to the environment he's in. And that quote came like straight from the best player in the world, as said by Joel Embiid. So I'm just saying what Joel said, even though it's low-key kind of true. So like, yeah, other than LeBron being like toxic to his locker room, there are other things I want to talk about. Like LeBron's getting old, man. And Father Time is undefeated. And it's crazy that I'm saying LeBron's getting old because he's averaging 28, sorry, not 20, he's averaging 27, 8, and 7. And like that, would any player in the league would happily take that because those are unreal numbers. But when I say he's getting old, it's not to say he's getting worse at basketball. As you get old, you're going to get injured more. As you age, you're going to experience more age-related changes in your cartilage between your joints, which can put you at more risk to injury. Your muscles are going to be going through like sarcopenia which is going to like break them down and cause them to degrade so they're just not pretty much working as well as before just that i dropped some medical seasoning just for the medical students listening that's what's happening because this is the first major injury of his career and as you get older you can't bounce back from those injuries as well as you could do and i think that's what's making him slow down i don't want to give him the excuse that he's hurt but at the end of the day, he is getting older. He is in his 17th season. And he's got a lot of miles on those legs. And it's just not a, not as easy for him to switch it on as easily as he could back in the day. 
So when he came out with the quote and was talking about, oh man, I'm playoff activated, he was really trying to like transform into the Kang, but it's just not happening. Like he said, he's activated, and then he goes on to goes on to lose to like Memphis, the Pelicans without AD, the Suns. So like we're not seeing this activation that he was on about, and I think that's just a product of getting old, and it's not really his fault. But at the end, at the end of the day, like he just needs to find a way to get it done. If you're really the best player in the world, like people say you are, you just got to find a way to get it done. I mean, like think back to like when Westbrook was alone on OKC after KD left. The team Westbrook had, do you think that team was so much better than the Lakers as currently constructed? I'd say the Lakers are a better team. So, like, if Russ could, like, drag that team into the playoffs, why can't LeBron do that for this team? So, yeah, so those are just a couple of the ideas I have on why the Lakers are bad. And those ones are more centered around LeBron. But I'm not going to give LeBron all the blame because there is a lot more to go around. I also think like the front office has had a lot to do with this. Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, like they've handled this AD trade talk conversation as badly as you could possibly handle it. Like a good GM, like if you're thinking about like RC Buford, who's the GM of San Antonio, or Danny Ainge, the GM of the Celtics, like I just don't think they would have handled the situation the same. If the media kept on coming and saying, oh, you're trying to get AD, how's it affecting your team? Are the young guys, how are they going to handle it? You would handle it in a professional way and just give the classic no comments. Just say no comment. Just squash it right there. We don't want to be distraction. Even if you lie and say, oh, yeah, we're happy with the team we have, at least that gives your guys confidence and it lets them play better. But rather than that, he came out and said, you guys in the media are treating these guys like babies. They're grown-ups that they're not going to be affected by it. And come on, there's no way you're not going to be affected by it. I know we see these guys as adults because they're multi-millionaires, but these guys are like 20, 21, 22. Imagine you guys being like a job and like every single day at the job, you keep hearing rumors of how you're going to get fired. Like, are you going to work to your best in that environment? And that's essentially what these guys are going through because of how the Lakers have handled these trade talks. Like, I can't remember what team it was. I think it was the Pacers when... Brandon Ingram was destroyed by the fans. They were like heckling him, saying like, "LeBron's gonna trade you. LeBron's gonna trade you." And it was—I just felt so—it was just crazy to see that. And that's kind of like what the front office has caused by being so open with the trade talks and just like feeding into the media and allowing it to be a distraction. So they really haven't handled this well at all. And I just can't imagine like the GMs of these other like staple franchises, like the Spurs or the Celtics. I can't imagine them handling it that way. And I'm not going to like labor this point too much, but another reason why the Lakers aren't being successful that has to do with the front offices because they're the ones that put this team together. Everybody that's watched LeBron knows that he plays his best when he's driving to the lane and dishing it out to open shooters. And they built this team without any shooters. Like, come on. Like, any one of you guys that watches ball could have like predicted that this wasn't going to work and now they're paying for it. So that one's on the front office. And another person that's kind of played a part in this is the head coach. To me, whenever a head coach can't connect with the players and get the best out of them, he's he is to blame. But with Luke, I just feel like just not empowered him in front of his other players. Can you imagine when LeBron first joined the Lakers? I think he said he didn't speak to Luke for like the first couple of months when he became a Laker. Can you imagine you join a job and you don't speak to your boss for two months after he starts? like does it even make sense so like I don't see how they allowed that to happen he was just belittling the head coach from the beginning 
And like as soon as he got well, not as soon as he got there, but later on in the season, we were hearing reports of how like he was scratching out Luke's plays and stuff like that. And like that just doesn't help. And like when other players see that, how are they gonna take the head coach seriously, man? And that's something that they've done. Like I know Jeannie Buss, sort of like the owner of the Lakers, she's in Luke's corner. But LeBron, it's what he does. He undermines his coaches. And at the end of the day, we know LeBron has like a higher basketball IQ than Luke. They were in the same draft and Luke wasn't a great player. And LeBron is one of the great, like all-time greats. But at the end of the day, he's still your head coach. You've got to empower him in front of the other players. But Luke is also to blame because the Lakers are terrible defensively. And to me, when it comes to defensive schemes and effort, it's the head coach that's got to like drill those into the players. You've got to put them in a position to succeed with the defense that they play. And he just has not done that. So, and one more person that I just want to focus on in terms of why the Lakers aren't playing well is Brandon Ingram. So remember when Brandon Ingram was coming out of college and he was meant to be like the next KD, probably because like this guy was just so skinny. And like, I guess that was the easiest comparison, but he just has not lived up to the hype. I know he's still young, but he's currently in his third year and he's gradually improved every year. But for a player that was picked that high, I would expect by their third year, maybe their fourth year, for them to start making some kind of like all-star buzz. They're not going to be all-stars yet, but they're kind of like knocking on the door, letting the league know like, yeah, we got next. And he's just not even been close. I mean, Kuzma, who's in his second year, had like a better chance of being an all-star compared to him. Like, look at some of the other like really high draft picks. You got Kat, who I think in his second year was already like knocking on the door and he became a an all-star not so long after that. Ben Simmons, who was the number one pick in Ingram's draft, has already been an all-star. So I just expected Ingram to already have been knocking on the door. Even Jason Tatum, who's been in, who's just in his second year, he's already like making all-star buzz and he was pretty close. So I just expected Ingram to be at that point for somebody who was supposed to be the Robin to LeBron's Batman. And I think another thing that the Lakers need to do is that they just need to accept that Ingram is not the guy and they've got to start like empowering Kuzma more. I think Kuzma is a better player. He's a better fit for LeBron. And I just think like they need to start letting Kuzma know like you are our second guy. You are our second option. So we just need you to fill that role because I don't think Ingram is filling that role at all. So they just need to like empower Kuzma more. So I'd say those are like the main ideas I have of why the Lakers aren't doing too well. Of course, there are a bunch of other players, but I'm not going to like go off on like Lance Stevenson, who's averaging like seven points a game for his career, and, like blows in man's ears. So I'm not even going to focus on that. If we were like <clears throat> in like a consultation and a Laker fan came to me, I said, oh yeah, these are my ideas of why I think my team is terrible. And I asked them, so what are you like, what are your main concerns because medicine, yeah? <laughs> what are your main concerns? I would expect them to say something like, so there's like the immediate concerns and the long-term concerns. The immediate concerns are like the Lakers are making the playoffs. And that concern is real. Like the Lakers are currently 10th in the West, four and a half games out of eighth. And out of the remaining 19 games, they have to play 14 of those teams are playoff teams. That is crazy. Like... It's so unlikely that they're going to make the playoffs, but then it goes back to LeBron. Like, if you're really the best player in the world, go, like, full Mamba mentality and do whatever it takes to win. I don't need you to give me, like, 
26 with like eight assists, nine rebounds. I need you to give me like 35, 10 assists and like three rebounds. You just got to do whatever you can to drag this team into the playoffs. Just go like full Mamba mentality. So the immediate concerns are like the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs. And I hope they do because for someone like LeBron that's pretty much been in the finals every year since even before I started watching basketball, it just would, wouldn't be great to not have him in the playoffs. And like long-term concerns for the Lakers are LeBron's health. Like I said, LeBron's getting old for the time is undefeated. Getting old means more injuries. Getting old means you're not able to bounce back from those injuries as well as you could. And that's got to be concerning for the Lakers as because he's currently in his 17th season and it's it's unlikely it's going to get better. So they just got to be worried about that and they got to do whatever they can. And that's kind of like when I hear some of these analysts saying they should shut LeBron down for the rest of the season. I kind of see the logic in that because he's just got so much mileage and so many minutes that he's played that you don't want to waste him unnecessarily. But it's just not good enough for him not to make the playoffs. So I would say he's still got to keep playing and he's just got to go like full Westbrook, full James Harden. And just do what you can to just get your team into the playoffs. So those are like the two main concerns, sort of like split them into like a short term and a long term. And finally, like the expectation. It's always interesting whenever we ask patients what their expectations are because they kind of look at you like, my expectation is for you to make me feel better. Then you're kind of like, yeah, I know it's, it's kind of a not so, it's kind of like a dumb question, but you still got to ask it. So like if a Laker fan came to me on the courtside consult podcast and asked me and told me, I want you to make the team better, what can you do? I would say the two most important things you want to do, actually the three most important things you want to do. One, LeBron's got to just go crazy. Like I said, he's got to give you like 36 points, 10 assists, four rebounds. Focus less on the rebounds. Just keep attacking, keep like scoring. You need that. You got to empower Kuzma. Kuzma's the second best player on that team. Ingram had his chance. And I get it because he's a high draft pick and they've invested a lot of money into him. Imagine if Ingram was the second, remained the second pick in the draft and Kuzma was like the fifth. Do you think the Lakers would be more inclined to like give Kuzma more of that second star on the team role? But I think because he was such a late pick, that's why they're kind of giving Ingram more time to develop. And I'd say last, so this is kind of like what do you, what would I suggest if like worst comes to worst and you guys don't make the playoffs? At that point, well, what the team has to do is that the team has to have like a players only meeting and they've got to make sure that there's no resentment no hatred. You got to take away LeBron's phone, no tweeting allowed, no Insta, no social media. You've got to make sure that everybody gets into the offseason on the same page. Nobody hates each other. And the most important thing, nobody's requesting trades. This is what happened with like Kyrie, J.R. Smith. They hated the environment there. It was toxic. And you just don't want that to happen again. You want to get into the offseason in one piece. Nobody's requesting trades. Nobody's like of course, people are going to be pissed off if they miss the playoffs, but you don't want anybody to be angry. You want players to come back motivated, ready for the next season. And if you manage to keep everybody together happy, then you get AD free agency and then all bets are off. And at that point, that's when I believe sort of like the ceiling for the Lakers is like Western Conference Finals. So like I said, the three things I'd say, LeBron, go ham, do everything you can to get this team into the playoffs. Kuzma's got to like step up as the second best player on the team and he's got to be empowered by the team and the front office actually I didn't say this before but also they've got to like give Luke like more leeway and more like power with the team I was actually literally just scrolling through 
ESPN and they were saying how like a lot of head coaches feel Luke's going to get fired. And I wouldn't be surprised because that's kind of what happens with LeBron's coaches. But they've got to empower him, let him know that he's the head coach. But yeah, man, like the Lakers have got like a ridiculously like difficult task. And personally, I hope they make the playoffs. Hopefully not the eighth seed so they don't get swept. I don't want that for LeBron's legacy, but hopefully they make the playoffs. You don't want to be waiting till this stage of your career to start taking L's like not making the playoffs. And I think I realized that I've been saying LeBron's in its in his 17th season, but he's actually in his 16th and still like to be in your 16th season. That's not when you want your legacy to start taking all these hits when you're still playing like at a ridiculously high level. And we'll kind of see where it goes from there. So yeah, like those are what I believe like most Lakers fans' ideas, concerns, and expectations would be. Yeah, man, at this point, the Lakers are sick, man. Like they've come in with like the cough, the cold, the lethargy, the joint pain, the like loss of appetite, the nausea. And we're trying to figure out like what we could do to make them feel better. At this point, they haven't got the red flag, so I'm not like saying jump sh It's not that bad at the moment, but there's definitely like something going on. This This is kind of like a sick team, man. Hopefully the things I've suggested, those are the things that the team will do and the players will do and it should help them just feel a lot better, man. All right, guys. Yeah, we've come to the end of episode one and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I've been trying to get on this whole podcast thing for a while and everything I've spoken to you guys about, it's mostly just off the top, just like things that I've been feeling for a while. There are a few thoughts that I've had time to process and think about for a while. But most of the things I'm saying, I just want it to be like raw and original. So I just say whatever comes to my mind. So that's me signing off. And I'm already looking forward to the next time we have our courtside consult. Later, guys.